startuprad.io, your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, Welcome and a lot. This is Joe from startuprad.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany. As you can see, I'm still in my cramped study. As you can see, I did not clean up yet. I'm not completely moved in, but I'll promise I'll get there one day. Today, I'm here because I do have a guest, the startup of the month in june 2019 a startup called cashlink congratulations michelle thank you very much yeah we're very happy and honored to be startup of the month in june and yeah we already had the pleasure to have a podcast a uh, few weeks ago so i'm happy to talk again yeah it's, it's pretty funny because we've tried like three two times to get a video podcast going because two times betsy didn't want to do it once it was just not working uh i, uh, I on my bicycle i rode the camera through frankfurt and at the end it was too cold it just didn't want to work and the second time it actually stopped out of focusing and we've just been some big blobs so um <laughs> that's why i'm more than happy that your frankfurt forward startup of the month june 2019 disclaimer this is not a paid media partnership we do it free of charge and uh, let's talk a little bit about cashlink and what we see in the background this is the fintech hub of deutsche börse in lovely bornheim can you tell us a little bit about that and your startup please yeah so we're cashlink so we're a tokenization platform for startups. So what we're doing is we're helping startups to issue digital securities, security tokens, so they can easily um, onboard new investors and that investors get a very flexible share, uh, which they can sell at any time um, by using the blockchain or by, by just simply having a security token. So we do this fully compliant in Germany. And um, also our solution is completely standardized. So if a startup comes to us and wants to get tokenized, we can tokenize the startup in one week. As you just said, I'm sitting here at the lovely FinTech Hub of Deutsche Börse. So we are one of the uh, four startups which moved in um, quite a long time ago. And we're still here and we're very like happy because the exchange between the big player Deutsche Börse here in Frankfurt and us is very, very valuable for both sides. And yeah, we highly profited from um, having our office here. And um, now we can see that some startups moved out and now more startups move in. We also have like kind of a change here. And what's also really, um, I think the, the, the main point about this FinTech Hub is that it's totally focused on FinTech. So we see many startup hubs in Germany, um, but usually they have not, they might maybe have, they have some clusters in between, but here it's really focused on fintech, and it's very valuable because fintechs usually have the same problems. They face regulation, um, they face banking corporations. No matter if you're a fintech in lending or if you're a blockchain startup, at the bottom line, it's kind of the same challenges, and that's why just having ex uh, like exchanging ideas, like talking to each other, just brings a lot of value to any one of us here at the fintech hub. And especially here, the Deutsche Börse Venture Network, which connects startups and investors, for example, um, also um, it's, it's helps us a lot when we, when we look for investors. Um, we also like to find one investor through this Deutsche Börse Venture Network. And on the other side, we can also provide the Deutsche Börse Venture Network with insights from the, from, like, from, from the startup ecosystem. Because 
I'm personally also very involved in the startup ecosystem in Frankfurt. We may want to add that you are very involved because you're one of the uh, hosts of the FinTech Meetup uh, Frankfurt, which is the largest FinTech Meetup in continental Europe. Uh, sure. So that appears to be a little bit of work on the side uh, besides being an entrepreneur. Plus, we may add that uh, Deutsche Börse is actually the company behind Frankfurt Stock Exchange Xetra, Eurex, and all of that. And they are running the largest central counterparty in the world, which most people don't know, which is actually located and headquartered in Frankfurt. They have a very lovely building there. And they have like an outpost, the FinTech Hub, that is where you guys are. Everybody who wants to know a little bit more what you guys are actually doing, a little bit more to technical terms, they can go down here in the show notes. We'll have a link to our audio-only podcast where we just did the interview because we thought for the people who are listening to us on a regular basis, it gets quite boring if we talk like twice about the same startup in like half a year, which we usually don't do. So therefore, we are talking a little bit more about the um, German venture capital scene and how you guys actually want to change them. Yes. Yes, so for us, venture capital is um, the main topic where we're now doing cash link. For example, um, uh, we ourselves, we did several funding rounds. So we, we, we as a founder, we went through the whole process of getting venture capitalists on board. And uh, there we, we like really discovered there are a lot of like challenges to solve, problems to solve. And overall, the, the whole, like what, what we figured out is that the whole ecosystem in the venture capital industry and, and the venture capital industry is, fu is funding the whole digitization of the world. And, is in many parts very non-digital. So that we thought we thought this is this was kind of funny because the startups they venture capital invest in they that they do do blockchain they do, do AI they do um, machine learning they do big data. Um, but if you look at how venture capital works, it's sometimes seems from an old world. And so we we really tackled into this. And for example, of course, if, if every founder who has or most of the founders. Who, who are venture capital funded know this. So if you have two, two founders or three founders, one founder is always fully committed to raising funds. And this, of course, like the founder is probably the most valuable person or should be the most valuable person of a startup. If one founder is only um, focused on raising funds, he cannot develop the product or um, the whole business. So just reducing the, 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 the amount of time a, a founder um, is focused on raising funds can have an enormous impact on the development of the whole startup. And that's actually the point where we thought, okay, the whole process can be way more flexible, can be way more easy. And um, especially if you look at the numbers and venture capitalists on the rise, um, I just, if you look at the German numbers, um, compared to 2017, 2018, um, the value of venture capital raised 11% and the number of financing rounds uh, increased about 15%. So more and more venture capital gets into the market, which is very good. More startups get funding and more startups get more funding, which is uh, also something um, which even makes the problem bigger because how can we transform this very old school process, which is uh, not automated, which is very manual, which is very paper-based into a more digitalized process 
a more automated process, maybe a more standardized process um, to just make it easier for both the startups and the investors. We may add that I'm also partner of the uh, Rhineland VC, which is a group of three people, what I initiated, uh, where we actually collect VC data in the greater Rhine-Main region, which is actually, Frankfurt is like the center of the Rhine-Main region, and everybody thinks, oh, small Frankfurt, small Frankfurt. Actually, that's more on an administrative stuff. It would be if you take London just a square mile and then say everything, everything is something else. It's a little bit with Frankfurt and the Rhine-Main area, like London and Greater London. It, it's the same place. So there's one city center, uh, one focus of commercial activity, and then there are several um, specialized areas. And in this Rhine-Main, we found with Rhine-Main VC last updated in March this year, almost 375 million years in VC investment, it was actually 374, where surprisingly the classical venture capital was still way ahead. Yeah, I, I was talking about the numbers we've seen here in Rhein-Main. Yep. And uh, the most important part was uh, classical venture capital or venture debt. Number two was IPO, of course, due to Frankfurt Stock Exchange. And then there was the classical ICO, mm -hmm. it's a classical. And then we had crowdfunding with a very tiny sliver here. Do you yeah. think uh, crowdfunding is falling out of favor and venture capital is getting more important again? Um, I think this totally depends on your business model. So if you want to connect your fundraising process with like a um, marketing campaign, I mean, if you have a, um, a product which which really um, is about having a strong community, then maybe crowdfunding can be the perfect uh, instrument for fundraising for you. Um, when we talk to so many venture capitalists and business angels, um, many business angels said, okay, um, they favor their private investments over crowdfunding because they say, okay, in some in some aspects, um, if you do crowdfunding, it's a totally different game. You need more money for the whole marketing campaigns and you don't know what you get out of it. And on the other hand, um, many crowdfundings are structured um, differently. So for example, I think, especially with VCs and, and business angels, they like to have their terms, terms they're used to. So their um, shareholder agreements they're used to with their um, liquidation preferences, anti-dilution, um, et cetera. And probably then for, for the venture capitalists, the crowdfunding um, mechanism is not the, the, their favorite um, kind of deal, let's say. And of course they want to have made, some investors want to have a seat on board um, and others want to have more of the equity upside, which not all the crowdfunding campaigns offer. So overall, I think it totally depends on your business model. But if, of course, if you see all the, the um, B2B companies, um, um, it totally makes sense to go for venture capital. And, um, but I, th I think still crowdfunding will remain in some sort. Um, what won't remain is probably the, the classical ICO. <laughs> so we saw all of the world, uh, enormous uh, sum of funds raised. Um, but now the, the ICO market totally decreased and totally collapsed. We can, also, we can really say collapsed. And so the, the thing is what's next. And what I think is we will see more of more of digital assets, digital securities, um, which I would say is 
the or can be the same ah like it's an overall term if you say digital assets or digital securities they can be venture capital you could also use digital assets for crowdfunding or you could even use digital assets for ipos but it's more like an, a, a general term but i think this technology will maybe change the way venture capital works it can change the way crowdfunding works and it can change the way um ipos work so this will probably drive the whole ecosystem even more do you think we'll see like a blurring of lines between venture capital here on the one side, crowdfunding and the um, ICO world? Um, like yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the ICO world. Um, uh, I would say digital asset world. Um, uh, so what I think is very important that we probably have um, regulated tokens, which are security tokens, because you, you have an underlying security or an underlying asset asset if you have asset-backed security tokens and um i think we will see totally a mixture between them maybe a blurring so there will be um uh, for example we had the ico by utility tokens and now we're having more and more security tokens but maybe we will see a mixture between the utility and security tokens and we'll see and, and startups could for example do crowdfunding and later on they can use digital and then security token offering, and then they can also have an, uh, in parallel an equity round with venture capitalists, and then they can do an IPO at the end. So um, I think the whole um, impact of security tokens is just at the beginning, and we'll see the next years how all these different um, forms of, of fundraising will play together, and this is very exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, we may want to add that Germany is always a little bit more conservative and Germany also has a very big tradition of non-listed big companies. For example, what many people uh, would pop to mind is like Aldi, the, the mm -hmm. grocery retailer, its competitor like Lidl, Lidl. Um, they are also almost globally present. It's one of the many, many examples like Battlesman Group uh, with uh, BMG who dominates uh, large shares of the music market. And they are all just examples of non-listed companies in Germany. So there's a big tradition in that and uh, venture capital stepped in there as well. Um, how you guys are actually doing that, digitizing this venture capital market how um and how do you see the changes will influence most likely admittedly it will be a little bit biased by your business model um, <laughs> i assume the quota of digital venture capital funding will be high in your uh forecast but from what i've heard forecasts are always very hard especially concerning the future so what's your forecast yeah, so of course, as I said, our focus uh, uh, will include that there's a rise of digital assets, an enormous rise of digital assets, because we think it's totally... It's, totally, it's, it's a big surprise to be. <laughs> it's a big surprise, a big surprise. But it just makes sense. It just makes sense. Because um, the whole process right now is very unflexible. Um, it's manual, it's paper-based. So, for example, this... This is the case for Germany now, yeah. Should we tell our viewers, our listeners, how this process actually works right now in Germany? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense because in Germany it's, it's a little bit different than in other countries. So in Germany, if you want, um, if you're an investor and you want to invest in a company, what you do is, um, of course, you, you 
you, you have your deal, you have your founders and you want to invest in the company. And at that point, um, you have to negotiate the whole shareholders agreement, which, which usually takes um, ages. And of course, there's a, say, there's a saying, time kills steals. So if you can reduce the time, um, the likelihood of the deal increases. And of course, um, when you then finally have agreed on, a, on, a, on an agreement, what you then have to do, you have to make an appointment at a notary service where everybody has to be in person. So people have to fly in, people have to meet, and then the notary service reads the whole contract, which in venture capital sometimes takes up to six or seven hours. And after that, the notary service gets a lot of money and then you're finally settled. Um, but the real settlement um, until it's registered at the German Handelsregister also takes another two to three weeks. So like the whole settlement process takes weeks. Um, it's very cost, like costs a lot of money because you have to go to notary service, see them in person, and it's all completely not automated and it's manual and it's based on paper. And of course here you can have a huge gain in efficiency if you can digitalize the whole process, if you can standardize the process. Um, and um, for example, for foreign investors, it's always not, too, not that easy to invest in German um, companies and if they can just use digital assets which they are familiar with because digital asset is something which is which is uh, worldwide um, accessible yeah um, so it gets way more easier for foreign investors to invest in German countries and not having to fly in for example or having to go to a notary service so this is one point in this whole non-digital venture capital process which we are digitalizing, but of course there are many other processes. So for example, there are other startups. So we, we, we kind of call this venture tech. So this is our term, we say venture tech. So um, bringing more tech into the venture uh, capital ecosystem. So one way, one thing what we are doing is to digitalize the process of um, the fundraising. Um, um, but other startups are, for example, digitalizing the whole cap table management, other startups are digitalizing the way deals are sourced and bringing AI and machine learning into deal sourcing. And that's not only about having intro and knowing each other. Um, other um, also, what we're also doing is um, digitalizing the employee stock option programs. Um, and uh, what other startups are also doing is, for example, um, like the whole customer relationship management and investor reporting is still something every startup does differently. And it's still, it's Excel. Excel or Google Docs based and bring this into software. So we see many, many areas where uh, we and uh, many other players can bring more tech into the venture capital uh, ecosystem and therefore just um, yeah, uh, adding value to the whole um, ecosystem. Okay, so in the future, we'll see completely digitized venture capital at one point in the future that may be a thousand years from now but it will be there um yeah that's all folks find more news streams events and interviews at www.startuprad.io remember sharing is caring